0: This is a gift that you're giving to your partner. Like imagine if I said to you, hey, tonight I'm just going to give you a penis massage and your job is just to lie there and completely relax and just breathe. Does that sound sound like something you want to do tonight? (laughs) Just lie there and be totally relaxed while I touch you. So then after we've gone through how to set it up, how to have all the conversations about it, then we take you through all the the steps on a live model so you can see exactly what to do. And these steps are just um, a base platform of like, it'd be like saying, here's a few dance moves you can use to inspire you, but in the end, it's going to be an intuitive, when you've practiced it enough, it's going to turn into something different that's intuitive and attuned to the person that you're with.
1: Welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. Today's guests are Miranda Love and Phil Dillet.
2: Hello everybody and welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. Today I have probably one of the most exciting and unusual titles for a podcast and topics for a podcast that I doubt you'd ever expect. Today we're going to talk about penis and pussy massage as a means of enhancing your relationships. A couple of months ago, my wife Angie Check informed me that she'd taken a course on penis massage and so... She told me she'd love to try it on me and see what I thought. (laughs) I was a bit surprised because, as far as I'm concerned, she could already teach a class like that. But a night or two after she completed the class, she came to bed after I'd pretty much fallen asleep and was quite tired. And she uncovered me and pulled out her notes and sat on the bed and used her phone lights so I didn't get too woken up. And she began her, her class practice. At first, I thought this might just be something I should do to keep her happy and uh you know, I was really more interested in falling asleep at the moment, but within a couple of minutes, I definitely knew she had done some special training, and she woke me and my fella up from the dead, and I ended up with a big smile on my face. She told me she didn't expect me to have sex if we were tired, but um I could tell you that uh I was really uh quite impressed. And uh, let's just say we went on to the happy ending. Very, very happy ending. What really surprised me is is what I learned from these techniques and, and how relaxing they were. And then when um, I asked her who she had taken the class with out of curiosity, she said I took it from Miranda Love, who turns out to be the wife of one of my best friends and level four Czech practitioner and our chief film producer at the Czech Institute, Phil Dallaire. And I'm like, wow, Phil has really chosen well. He's got a great, smart, intelligent woman that knows how to make love. So my first, first thought was trust Phil to marry a penis and pushy massage expert. But like myself, Phil has spent many years prior to meeting manda in an open relationship and i assure you he is a magnet for intelligent beautiful amazing women but miranda was the one that he committed himself to so i already knew she must be an incredible woman and she truly is as you're about to learn Today, Phil, Miranda, and I dive into their background and what ultimately led Miranda to create her courses on penis and pussy massage. We have a deep and meaningful conversation about what gets in the way of wholesome sex and relationships, such as people feeling insecure, getting triggered, or even losing interest in their partner. Miranda and Phil show how to use penis and pussy massage not just as a means of sexual engagement, but as a means of connecting to your partner, sharing love, helping them relax, and get more joy out of life together. Don't be fooled by the title, though. Phil and Miranda know a lot about relationship dynamics, how to heal blockages with your partner and stay connected, and much more. I can assure you, whether you have a pussy or a penis or not, if you are in a relationship with someone that you love and you want to love more, this is an important podcast that can really help you. And you'll get a Living 4D discount on either course or a bundle of both courses so you can really master your instruments of love. Enjoy Penis and Pussy Massage with Phil Dallaire and Miranda Love. I had a very good time dialoguing on this with them. And believe it or not, you're probably going to learn a lot about relationships. And if you want to really enhance your partnership, then why not take a course on penis and pussy massage? Because even if you think you're an expert, I can tell you you're probably going to learn something. Because my wife Angie is a pretty amazing lover. But she came back from her course with some very beautiful, powerful new techniques
3: that woke me from the dead and made me a happy man.
2: So, lots of love and blessings to all of you out there. And may your relationships be better and your penises and pussies be more fulfilled. Enjoy, Phil Delaire and Miranda Love. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. Today we have a very interesting title. It is penis and pussy massage as a means of enhancing your relationships. A whole great spirit. I like all of them: penis massage, pussy massage, and relationships. And my guests today are Phil Delaire and Miranda Love. I will introduce them one at a time. Phil is a long-time buddy of mine, and uh, Phil, how long we've we been together as
3: buddies? January two thousand was when I took golf biomechanics with you and Shane back in Florida. Okay, two thousand twenty-one years. Wow, you're
2: still good-looking too. Thanks. <laughs> so, Phil is a level four check practitioner. He used to be one of our key people in Toronto, and. Probably is responsible for more Czech professionals in Canada than anybody. He's my main man, my Canadian magnet to the Czech program. And Miranda is Phil's wife. And she is an expert at the things we're going to talk about. And so is Phil. Miranda, uh, maybe you can start with a little history about yourself um, and... Phil, if you want to share more as it relates to the conversation, feel free, you know, just to sort of let people know how it is that you guys came to be um, skilled in these areas and why. Uh, I think that's important so that we all can understand how this came about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the day my life changed was the day that I met Misty Tripoli. Right, yeah. Uh, at Phylex, um, in 2011, I was, uh, at the fitness convention to keep up my CEC points, which is the Australian personal trainer points that you have to maintain. Um, and it led me in a completely different, it led me away from personal training actually into the world of groove and dance and, uh, essentially living my bliss. Um, and these are the things that Misty teaches, um, the main things being, you know, how to groove your life, which means you can't get it wrong, no one cares what you're doing as long as it feels good for you. It should be different to how everyone else is doing it and just have confidence with what your, you know, desires and your soul are telling you to do.
2: Mm-hmm. She's very good at that.
0: She is. So so the day I met her and I listened to her talk and I did her dance class, I started teaching it and then when you start um, – teaching this class these concepts start to seep into your real life Mm -hmm. Um, so you start to groove your life we call it yes Um, so I ended up moving to Hawaii um, to just purely focus on teaching dance um, in a few different modalities but I also then at the same time um, groove had led me to some women's festivals to share what groove was with them and one in particular had um, penis massage workshop on the menu. And it was the most popular workshop of the entire um, extravaganza. It was 100 women in a room, all holding carrots with coconut oil, learning this penis well, massage. Well, I'm glad you
2: said there was carrots involved. I thought maybe you had a penis. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it was actually kind of funny. But um, this wonderful woman, Emma Power, who was the our Tantra instructor, she was amazing. And the thing I love about her most is how tangible she was and how... Here we are with these carrots learning exactly where and how and what to do with our hands so that we could actually take it home and practice it. Mm-hmm. Um, Did and the it was... carrots get bigger?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, we genetically modified them with our energy.
3: Good. Um,
0: yeah, so, you know, and then it was just kind of fun and games. It was like, oh, ha-ha, we're at this festival learning this thing, la-la-la. Um, but then… I, when I actually got to apply it, it also changed my entire sex life. Uh, um, and
2: and other people's too, I assume.
0: Well, now, yeah. Now yeah. that I've got to share it. But I had this drop-in moment where I was out with my ex-boyfriend for dinner. And I don't know why, but for some reason, he had some strange attack of depression and anxiety in the middle of dinner. Mm-hmm. And at this time, to me, I had no idea what to do or what that even meant or what how to help him. Um Anyway, we ended up going home. I saw my penis massage notes on the table and thought, I wonder if that would help because I need to get him out of his head right now and into his body. So I asked him if I could practice it on him (laughs) Mm -hmm. to try to help the situation. He said, yes, of course. Um, And, you know, I was nervous. I just just did this one workshop. I had these notes with me. I was like, please close your eyes. I'm going to be reading my notes. I'm going to put this blindfold on you so you can't see because I'm just, you know, I'm just, this is my first time. I'm going to practice on you. And it was very slow and very loving and very present with a lot of breath and it allowed him to be able to relax in receiving, which I think men don't get to do very often because there's always sort of a pressure to perform in some way and I think mm-hmm. the same is, is for the giver. There's a, um, you have to perform in some way. There's, you feel like there's some expectation that you've got to show up and create something. But I was just doing the things with no expectation of any outcome And I happened to get a big explosive outcome after about 20 minutes of calm and loving stroking, which I was not expecting. And just in that one moment, I just really thought, wow, all women should know that just that this exists as a form to offer someone love and pleasure, that it can be slow and soft and it doesn't have to be orgasm driven and you don't have to strain your bicep and your jaw you know, <laughs> trying mm-hmm. to go fast and hard. And I, and it was just that one drop-in moment that made me want to share it with the world.
2: Yeah. What was your experience, Phil, when you first got a penis massage?
3: It was the exact opposite of kind of my past sexual experiences where it's exactly what Miranda said about how it's goal-driven. So you, you know, you do everything to lead up to the orgasm. So it was the total opposite where I can be totally relaxed. And that was just something totally... New and refreshing
2: well you know we we found out a little bit ago because uh when you started telling me you know about penis and pussy massage, <laughs> it dawned on me that Angie had taken a course on penis she didn't tell me there was pussy involved, but she said a <laughs> penis massage class, um not that I would mind um, and so it turns out she took your class yes and i and i didn't know that until just a few. Like an hour ago. And um, it's funny that you're saying that, you know, when your boyfriend was going through this little crisis and you wanted to help him, you brought your notes. Because the first time Angie came in, she disappeared, went to the bathroom or something. She came walking into the bedroom and she had some papers in her hand. She (laughs) says, ignore the notes she goes i just took this class and i just need my notes so yeah uh, it's kind of cute you know it's like oh okay there's a procedure involved. <laughs> and
0: you've had a lot of experience you know with um your sex life i imagine over the years and i'm curious how was it for you was did it offer you something new? well it
2: surprised me um at first i was a little put off because i thought okay what is this you know she needs notes <laughs> she's already masterful in bed i'm like so uh I thought, I just was confused as to why she needed notes. But she said, don't worry, just relax. And if there's anything you don't like, just tell me what you do like. And so, you know, I I know there, that she's always got a, a positive outcome in mind. You know, in other words, it wasn't going to be something shitty or silly. I just knew that um, I just had to go for the ride and see where she was going to take me. <laughs> see where it took you. Me. So, yeah, no, I, I, I thought it was interesting. And, and it, it was actually a much different experience than I thought it would be. Um, like you said, more relaxing. Mm-hmm. And really like a a good massage, but with more depth of connection to it, is how I would say it. And, and room for whatever happens, right? Instead of... Um, how can I put it? In other words, it could have ended up in it leading to sex. I mean, you know, intercourse. Or it could have just led us to us going to bed and cuddling. And I didn't feel like I was addicted to any outcome or expectation. I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. But I thought it was quite good. And I did say to her, since you reminded me, could you do that again tonight? <laughs> <laughs> she was happy to say
0: yes. Yeah, it's funny that a shoulder massage is completely normal, Mm -hmm. but this very important part of our body we haven't even thought of like oh how about we also give that some attention with a a simple massage
2: yeah i I say to women and often in therapy where issues like this are coming up i say isn't it interesting you'll let your husband go get a massage and you're happy to have him feel good as long as nobody touches the size of a a dollar bill you know that one (laughs) little dollar bill has to be completely avoided Mm. But in reality, if, you, if you're if you happy for him to have pleasure, then why not let him have pleasure? Or vice versa. You know, men are just as bad as, men are worse than women, I think, for territorialism. That's my experience. Mm. Men want to screw everybody, but they don't want anyone to touch their girlfriend, you know? So, it's always uh, very consistently a, a, a double standard for, for men, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. And it is pleasure, but it's also relaxation. Like, mm-hmm. for me, to get my pussy gently and softly stroked, I am in the most happiest place Mm -hmm. in the world and we just don't think of it to be used for that Mm -hmm. because it's always like oh we're here something's expected better get wet better get it on something's gonna happen yeah
2: it's interesting because if you study bonobos and chimpanzees they are very much into sexual pleasure for stress relief and for social bonding um it's a it's almost like we forgot that part of our um our our genetic de- um, evolution. Mm. Um, I've studied quite a bit on that, and it's it's very interesting to look at what experts on that say and how it relates to being human. But you can see that somehow along the way we got way too trapped in our heads. Yeah, and it doesn't enhance anything.
0: Yeah, I think it brings back the playfulness because if I just said, hey, I'm just going to play around here for a while and experiment with some things and just tell me they feel good and, you know, it may or may not lead to sex. It's not the point. I'm just going to – I just am curious genuinely about how I can play with you in this area and what feels good and then all the pressures taken off when and if you do turn it into intercourse, then it makes that more playful too because you've just introduced this language of –
2: Well, you've had a great uh, foreplay component – That's one of the things, too, that I think is missing in a lot of people's relationships is foreplay. Um, I know my experience is women respond much more favorably with foreplay, but a lot of guys are, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, and and so they can't figure out why the girls don't get excited when they're horny because there's no connection. It's just... um, Copying what they see in porn. Yeah, and it's mechanical, you know, and it's also often one-sided it's just like they got to get some pressure off but then the woman just feels like a receptacle as opposed to um a genuine reciprocity happening right
0: and i'm all for um teaching men how to read women and how to read the signs and what to do but what i'm actually curious from the men is when you get that overwhelming urge of like i'm so horny right now i'm on i like just want to eat you up How do you pull that down to go go at the the woman's pace if she needs longer? Well, for me
2: personally, I don't feel good if I don't bring a woman to an orgasm so she feels equally pleasured. So my personal way of relating with sexual intimacy in my life has always been I orient myself towards pleasuring her first. And then I worry or get interested in my pleasure. You know, like if a girl starts wanting to go down on me and give me a blowjob or something, I'm always worried if I ejaculate, I may not have enough spark in me to do it again unless it's like the girl I've just met or, you know. I mean, there's been women that can give me five ejaculations and and then, you know, that's rare. But that kind of stuff usually happens when you're in the initial stages of, intimacy, because for men, newness is a very important factor. That's one of the things that I tell women all the time. If you want to keep your husband close, you need to change your hairstyle once in a while. You need to change your clothes once in a while, because men inherently are designed to spread their seed in nature. They're not designed to screw one woman over and over again. Women may not like hearing that, but it's true. I'm a man. I'm a real man. So we're designed to spread our seed like Johnny Appleseed. So (laughs) If a woman can create the experience for the man just enough that she's different enough that it becomes exciting again, I find men are much more likely to uh, stay home and stay engaged. And many of the women I've coached have done it and said, you're right, it worked. Some of them say, screw that. (laughs) I'm saying, well, you got deeper problems than your sex life right now. (laughs) That's what's going on there. Because if you don't love your man enough to be interested in what he wants or vice versa, then you need a marriage counselor or a counselor of some kind. My life's mission, my legacy, has always been to teach the teachers. When I founded the Czech Institute... It wasn't to teach the masses. It was specifically to create masters that could impact the masses and reach far more people than I ever could. Just as a picture is worth a thousand words, a master has more power to help and heal than a thousand average healthcare professionals. If you listen to my podcast, then I'm confident you're already aware that the world is in a health crisis. This crisis isn't something that would be a crisis for healthy people with the wisdom to support the planet in healthy ways, as most native cultures did. It's a health crisis because of corporate greed and manipulation of the truth of what makes people healthy by the medical systems worldwide. Sadly, they're in the illness and disease business, not the healthcare business. The mission of the academy is to teach the teachers how to live and how to teach holistic health for both the professionals of the world and the masses. How the Czech Academy does this is by providing you with all of my courses. Academy-only online seminars and business training so you know how to run an effective holistic health business. It's structured so that you get the right training at the right place with the right mentors to succeed. Students are supported by group mentorships and a community of like-minded students. It's much easier to learn, grow, and share when you have a tribe of intelligent, healthy, inspired, and motivated people, and that's exactly what the Czech Academy offers you. Great teachers are people who live or have lived what they preach. In the academy, you will be taught by masterful instructors that model for you every step of the way what it is that you're meant to do, how to live, and what to teach. Learning from masters in a mastermind group setting will help you grow personally and professionally and create a practice you know truly helps people. If you're interested in applying to the Czech Academy to be the change the world needs now, go to chekinstitute.com forward slash L number 4 D. Academy. That's checkinstitute.com forward slash L4D Academy to apply now. Now, you know, part of what you guys do is you're not just really about penis and pussy massage, it's about authentic relating and um, growing deeper into relationship. So can you expand on how penis and pussy massage gets past what a lot of people might think already is more pornographically oriented or or very base sexually related how does this practice go into something that ultimately becomes tangible for the long run in a relationship
0: um i think the most important thing for me is um giving and receiving of feedback and when you can apply this in such an intimate setting becomes a lot easier to have a conversation about who's going to take out the trash or you know something's needed in, in a domestic sense. Um, and what I've heard from so many women is when they give feedback, their man shuts down. And there's a few different aspects of this, like, well, how did you say it? How did they hear it? But um, essentially getting an understanding of each other's needs and then figuring out how to meet both needs with a win-win is what we're really interested in. And that's the conversation that almost needs to go on when performing these massages because they're, as you said earlier, they're all going to be different. Every person's going to be different. Your experience and your moves and what you share physically between each other is going to be different with every person. Mm-hmm. So when you first meet them, yes, sometimes you can get wrapped up in it and just becomes a neat little package where everything flows beautifully and sometimes you need to have a conversation like hey i notice you're not circumcised i've never been with a non-circumcised penis i need to know how this works like sometimes you just have to break it down Mm -hmm. um so learning to have these conversations in these vulnerable places um is really important and i think it's one of the main things specifically from the pussy one because it gives women a chance to speak up and men a chance to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just, again, one of the main things that I've got from women is that they they don't feel safe to speak up. They feel like they're not being heard. And the men are just wanting them to speak up and tell them what they need. Mm-hmm. And then some of them are, are unable to hear it. And that happens when usually there's a trigger for themselves happening. Like if you're getting triggered by a woman telling you what she needs or wants in the bedroom, there's something going on for you. Which yeah goes into a whole other conversation of how do you deal with triggers.
2: Yeah, well, I think that's an important one. You know, my experience as a therapist and as a human being is that a lot of the triggers end up originating outside of the bedroom or outside of the sexual intimacy and they come in there. They they're they're like skunk smell that won't <laughs> get off. It could have been something that happened this morning or Yeah. Or, two weeks ago, or two years ago, or you know whatever, so I'd like to hear what you guys have as a sort of a way of handling triggers positively so that it doesn't become a meltdown because triggers often just cause a meltdown, and it's just like I mean, I've had times in my life where something happened, and I was really sexually excited, and then I just lost my interest, you know, maybe some kind of comment or you know. Maybe I was really tired and I wanted to sleep, but whoever I was having sex with was really horny. And I'm like, I'm too tired. I don't have enough in me to really engage right now. And then I go, Well, so it might be a comment like, Well, I didn't know you were such a shitty lover or something, you know, like, mm. which they might have thought would get me excited in a competitive way. But mm. say, Well, if I'm a shitty lover, then you sure as fuck don't need my help, do you? <laughs> <laughs> so, how, what do you guys do? What's your strategy for, for dealing with triggers?
3: Yeah. When the trigger hits me, it's, it's total shutdown time. Yeah. So um, being able to, um, to ground myself is probably the biggest thing. How do you do that? Um, I usually take my socks off and actually put my feet on the earth.
2: Okay, so you're really talking about really grounding, physically, not grounding. just
3: the concept, but yeah. actually grounding. Grounding. And then that allows me to get connected with bigger concepts than just myself. Um, What do you do if you're on the 14th floor? um, Then I'll still take my socks off and put my feet on the ground and I'll usually just sit. And then I automatically go to what the feeling is because the story in the trigger is the thing that gets my mind. And I think a lot of people um, wrapped in. So trying to identify the feeling that is and stopping that story. Mm -hmm. is the biggest thing for me um, because my story will just get wrapped inside of itself. And, you know, being a bit of a film person, you know, I'll create three acts within two (laughs) seconds um, Mm -hmm. with a, you know, conflict point and everything. So with the grounding, it just allows me to stop and then go into the feeling. And that's what I've learned uh, through the work that we've done together Mm -hmm. Um, and associating the feeling and then just sitting in the feeling.
2: One thing you can do, by the way, for people that Mm -hmm. are, Getting this needing to ground, but you're not able to get your feet on the ground because you're in a building, is just go to the bathroom and stand in the shower and turn the water on because the water going through the pipes is grounded to the earth. So, if the water that's touching your feet is going down the sink, the drain, it's touching the ground pipe, so you're getting grounded by the water. So, there's a little grounding tip, but. You know, the stories are are hard to shut off, and um, they sort of have a life of their own. Have you found that out?
3: Yeah, and that's what I mean. Being a film guy, I just create more and more stories. And uh, then, I, I like Tara Brox, who's a Buddhist teacher. She talks about second arrowing, where the first arrow is the incident that hurts you, and then you throw two or three or four more arrows towards your way, like you know, I've always done it wrong or, you know, I don't have any self-worth and that sort of stuff. So it's constant four or five arrows hitting you. So putting those stories to bed and just focusing on the feeling and then coming back with some compassion to your partner is the other side of it. Whereas I just get so trapped into my own little world there um, that it's tough to realize that I'm with another person and, you know, there's some consideration that should (laughs) should be made for her.
2: Yeah, and I think a little Byron Katie can help yes. too, and and you know because stories are are like a uh, perpetual motion machines. So um, my experience is trying to uh, shut it down doesn't work. It's like trying to shut your mind down when you're meditating. It, it just the act of shutting it down adds energy to it. But I find if you ask yourself, is it really true? And you're genuinely, is it? Am I really? Uh, a shitty lover, or am I really uh has my life really been that terrible or or am I really telling myself a story right now about Miranda, or am I telling myself a story about two women ago, and I haven't just realized that yet, so I think really if a person's not mature enough to really just ask themselves, is the story I'm telling myself true?' And oftentimes you can't tell if the story's true until you ask whoever it's connected to. Is there more you want to add on that? Yeah,
0: I want to touch on one um, main thing that happened or that happens a lot with couples is blaming. Yeah. Um. So often in the early days when Phil was triggered, he would blame me, and I was so upset that he would blame me and think I had ill intentions, that I couldn't be present for his trigger because I was on the defense immediately trying to tell him it wasn't my fault or blah, blah, blah. And the most uncomfortable part that I had to get really good at was just putting up a shield and just being able to hear him and understand that his trigger is his, mm-hmm. and it has nothing to do with me, and it's equally difficult to to get that about yourself, like, this trigger is mine, it is not Phil's, he did nothing to me, this is my reaction mm-hmm. to whatever just happened. That is, if you can do that, then the rest of this, what we want to share today is easy, but… Um, I really felt so uncomfortable and had to hold back a number of times in training myself on how to do this when he was like then you did this and I felt like this and da, da, da. and instead of going oh gosh I'm a horrible person and he thinks I'm awful I just would be like this is his I just need to listen this is his experience and I'm just going to observe it and and I'm just going to take it in and hear it from his perspective. Yeah. There's two parts to this dealing with triggers between you is one is owning your own trigger and then two for the other person knowing that your partner's trigger is not about you and then you really want to get good at having compassion for their feelings so instead of just hearing like well you didn't do this you didn't do this well you want to feel like what's under that and what's really present and what's really going on for them and To make it as simple as possible, you want to give a shit about what their experience is. You don't want to just make it about you. And I think people just make everything about themselves.
2: Yeah. And one of the reasons for that is most people are not developed out of their childhood yet. 90% of the world population, according to analysis and psychology, have not evolved past the psychological development of a 12-year-old. So we've got people flying jets and running corporations, and we already know we had one running our country uh, called Donald Trump, that was still about 17. So uh, the point that I'm making is is a lot of people um, haven't matured enough past not making it about themselves, because they're, a child is always eye centric Someone's got to feed the child. Someone's got to care for the child. Someone's got to protect the child. So when a person's still at the child level of psychological development, they're consciousness hasn't reached the point of consideration of the other yet so how would you address someone who is just i-centric self-centric in a situation like that
0: um yeah i think you've got to build a dialogue together before it happens or after it happens if it happens again where um i think that's what we did initially is the other person had to help them identify that they're triggered right now with mm-hmm. as much love as possible. Yeah. Not like, well, you are, this is yours. You need to go figure it out. Be mm-hmm. like, I noticed you're really feeling upset right now. Do you want to go, do you want to take a pause and go and do some grounding? And then that, after practicing that for a bit, it can grow into, hey, I'm triggered. right. I'm noticing I'm triggered right now. I need to go take a pause. But it's helping each other almost like stop in this moment where someone is, you know, doing the thing where they're pointing a finger or their voice is raised or they're clearly upset and just almost like pressing pause on a remote and just stopping and going, hey, let's come back to this conversation when we can speak in conversational tone with love and compassion again. Which is exactly what
2: I teach in the three choices model. when If you can't stay connected at the heart, you got to call a timeout and say, let's let this be until we can come back and stay connected at
3: the heart or we might damage our relationship. And it doesn't put more fuel to the fire, which is what happens a lot of the times if that pause doesn't happen. Yeah. Then it just keeps building and building. And then sometimes you say something that you realize you shouldn't have said. Yeah.
2: That could be the source of a trigger for many months yeah. or years. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So our, we've got to credit our therapist, Chris Miller um, in Hawaii. He's absolutely amazing and and taught us so much of this it's just very funny because when we go into him with a story, well, he did this, and then he said this, and and he'll, and he'll Chris will say, was Phil triggered? And I'll go, yeah, and blah, 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 and then Chris will say, well, why were you engaging with him at all if he was triggered? Mm-hmm. And then I've got nothing. <laughs> so, I just got really good at being like, oh, you're triggered, must not engage, let's pause.
2: Yeah. Now, I, I don't want to jump ahead, but you've opened the door to something very important, well, How I deal with that is using nonviolent communication. So let's say Phil was triggered at me, or you were triggered at me. I could simply say, what is it that you're really wanting, feeling, or needing right now? Yeah. Because that gets to the real issue, right? If a person isn't asked what their authentic want, feeling, or need is, then they never express it. So the other person never knows what's wrong. It's just yeah. like there's a storm going on. And then the other person will get triggered because then their own story comes up. And so they start assuming why that person's upset. And that leads to two stories conflicting with each other. And so you have information about that we'll we'll get into shortly. Hi, everybody. I'm super excited to announce that one of my favorite companies in the world, Bioptimizers, has a brand new amazing product called Blood Sugar Breakthrough. And boy, is that needed. Wade, I wanted you to come on and tell us how your new product works. Well, basically, we've combined a wide variety of products that help manage blood sugar and help dispose glucose into your muscle tissues as opposed into your fat tissues. And basically, by improving your insulin sensitivity and Depositing sugar in a way that enhances your health, you will be able to have better workouts, better lean body mass gains, get leaner more easy, and have that more steady blood sugar rate without the rises and dips, which is associated with you know blood sugar poor management. That's excellent. What's the discount for living 4D listeners and where do they get it? Well, if you go to blood sugar breakthrough dot health slash living4d and put in Paul 10, you'll get a 10% discount. And if it doesn't impress you better than any other blood sugar product you've ever tried, you get 100% of your money back. Hey, that's a no-risk purchase for an amazing product. And believe me, my track record with Bioptimizers products is 100% satisfaction. Never had anybody complain to me, and I highly doubt you will, but I'd love to hear your feedback. Thank you, Wade. I'm excited about the new product. And for a limited time, Bioptimizers is also giving away free bottles of their best-selling products P3OM, and mass Simes with select purchases. You know, when it comes to sex, men, not all of you, of course, but a lot of them, because I don't want everyone to get triggered. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what your wants, feelings, is on the needs podcast. are if you're getting triggered. <laughs> um, men have a tendency to not... Inquire about what it is that pleasures a woman. They tend to have more urgency about them and more often more mechanical, unless they're a little bit more mature as a male or more experienced sexually. And um, sometimes men don't want to tell women, they expect them to know. But I found my experiences that women can get frustrated with a man who doesn't just automatically know what they want. Uh, I've seen that happen many times, and I've dealt with many couples that have that trouble. Um, what are your comments regarding uh, the importance of feedback? Or Because a lot of this stuff comes right in the beginning. Like If a woman's not feeling like she's being handled in a way that's pleasurable to her, she might go through the experience just to get it over. But it won't lead to bonding. It won't lead to um, resolution of the trigger for her it'll just be more likely what I see is they just get less and less sexually inspired and it becomes more and more of a chore to have sex with her partner and usually done just to shut him up as opposed to really wanting to have healthy nurturing sex Um, what are your thoughts on these concepts
0: yeah so I in my experience and what I've heard from other women is that men do feel like they are supposed to know what they're doing and it's not common for me it's very common to have a conversation if I'm with someone for the first time I will break it down I'll be like right this is the first time we've been together I need to know what you like just tell me does this feel good does this feel good what about this compared to this and I'll I'll just interrogate them so that I can get an understanding so then I can go off and play with all of the things that I've just learned but this isn't common to my knowledge um And what you said about women just, you know, trying to get it over with or, you know, people thinking and visualizing other things just so that they can have an orgasm, just so there's just a lack of sex to me or intercourse or connection should be two people who are being present with each other yeah, and being so present that there's no technique or anything needed because you're just in a flow and the conversation doesn't need to happen. That's the end game. But sometimes... To get to that, you need to learn how the other person's body works and what they like. Mm -hmm. So there has to be a conversation, which I think is very scary for people, again, because it comes back to men's worth and that they should know what you're doing and women wanting, you know, I'm sure many women would love a man to just come and ravish them and know exactly all the right things to do, but how can they possibly when everyone's vagina looks completely different? Mm -hmm. um, And you mentioned earlier when we were chatting that what one – Woman loves another woman will will be like batting Ir- you off. Irritated them. <laughs> by yeah yeah. Uh,
2: the reason I brought that up is we were just so you guys have the storyline is I was talking about the fact that many men ask me what book to read to learn how to pleasure a woman, and I say you should not read books because the first thing you're going to do is you're going to go to bed and try to memorize procedures, and that m- turns your partner into an object or a machine. I say, if you really want to make love, then you have to be very present with body language and sound and movement and uh, fluids. You know, obviously a woman's getting excited. She's going to get more wet. Um, she's going to start moving in ways that imply sexual excitation. Um, what, what do you think it is the big issue with not wanting to tell somebody? I mean, if a woman asks me what pleasures me, I think, freaking awesome, man.
3: Thanks for asking. Yeah, I don't know. My doors have been wide open since uh, Miranda came into my life with that
0: <laughs> <laughs> What I'm hearing is that men, um, they shut down because they feel like they're doing something wrong. That's the common um, story that I've heard. Mm -hmm. Is you tell them something and then they they back away instead of coming closer into you and and wanting to know more with genuine curiosity. Mm -hmm. They back away because they don't want to mess it up. Um, And then the conversation stops and everybody fakes it till the end. Mm -hmm. So um, learning how to give and receive feedback is actually a big part of the pussy massage course. Mm-hmm. Um, again, people are scared because they get triggered because of generally it comes down to some childhood wound mm-hmm. that comes up that's subconscious that they don't even know.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, often it's self-worth mm-hmm. of asking for what you want or um, being able to hear that you didn't do something to someone's liking. Cause you know, everyone's trying to please everyone.
2: Mm-hmm. You know what my favorite thing to do is? What? The woman? <laughs> I say, show me what works for you. Yeah. That's my favorite. You know, it's exciting to watch a woman pleasure herself, for sure. I I, I haven't met a man yet that doesn't enjoy that. If there is one out there, I don't know where he's at. (laughs) Um, You know, maybe a gay guy wouldn't enjoy watching a woman pleasure herself, so I'll give him that. But I think part of the problem is that you have to have a genuine interest in the other person. And a lot of sex, especially with immature people or young men, isn't really about... Um, intimacy, with, intimacy with the other person—it's about getting your rocks off or alleviating pressure. You know, you know, you know what TMS is, right? Too much sperm—it's the male equivalent of PMS. <laughs> it's just TMS. So when a man's carrying around a, a set of heavy nuts, he wants to just get rid of it. And and I think that's part of the maturation in relationship from it just being um sexual relief to actually being mm. um something that's Curious. integral to the relationship. Um my experience is women don't really respond well to the get it off thing mm-hmm. very long. Yeah. Maybe in the beginning when they're got puppy love going on and they just think they've got Mr. right, but usually within a few months that starts to become an irritation. It's not so when when she realizes she's not getting what she wants out of the deal, then the table starts to turn, and it's not so. She's not so willing to just get it get get you off and go do the dishes, you know. Yeah. So I think what I'm saying is there's a maturity factor in there. And if you want to have real good sexual intimacy, you have to have uh, a, a willingness to be intimate with the other person um, because you're interested in their pleasure, not just your own pleasure.
0: Yeah, and I'd love to revisit the signs that you mentioned earlier. Um, that a woman will show sound.
2: Sound. Her breathing will change. Her body language changes. So she often starts undulating or gyrating, which is pumping energy through the chakra system and up the spine. It's kundalini energy. Um, Temperature changes and moisture changes.
0: Yeah. And so it seems obvious to some people, but some men don't know to look for these things. And, and I'd just like to share that if these things are not happening, then you shouldn't progress forward. Don't stick it in until all of those things are evident.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I like to wait until I'm practically grabbed and pulled yes. into action. Yeah. Then I know it's time.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. That's a perfect way to do it. And you kind of, you've got to find a nice way of letting the woman lead, but, um, you know, showing up at the same time, but letting her be in control.
2: Yeah.
0: N- not necessarily with her, with her knowing but you're really tuned into the signs so you know when to advance. Because otherwise, I think there's an awkward – I think anytime there's an awkward moment,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you should point it out because it usually means you're unsure of something. Yeah. So, hey, let's check in. I am I notice I'm feeling a bit awkward. Are you ready to, to go further or how are you feeling or have you checked out or this, this is what I'm passionate about is is learning how to have these conversations and what words do you say and mm-hmm. what do you do when you feel – triggered or awkward or uncomfortable and how to bring it to light without it being a big deal. Well,
2: here's a, a a sort of a sideways one for you. Maybe you're probably not going to expect, but you know, Phil's here so he's I got to throw him something to keep him really excited. Uh I've known many women and had sex with a number of women over the years that due to having multiple children, their vagina's lose sensitivity. So I found that with some of these women, if you pleasure them rectally, then their sensitivity in the vagina comes up because they start to, you know, the, they, the f- blood flow gets down there and their, their labias swell up. And so they start getting more sensitive. We've talked about pussy and vagina massage, but where does the rectum fall into your strategy?
0: We don't touch on it in the penis and pussy massage, but it's definitely a thing. And I think it's, it's a very personal thing that some people are open to and some people aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually curious. Did the women that you do it did it too? Did they know already that that was a thing for them, or did you bring it to them and show them that? S-
2: both. I've never had a strategy, but w- what again is I just feel and I sense. And uh, many times women have said, "You know, I've never done that with a man before, but somehow it just felt right or it felt good." Um. I remember one time with a woman, she had never had anyone touch her rectum before. And I don't know, just intuitively, I had a feeling it was something she would really enjoy. And afterwards, she actually had a vaginal and a rectal orgasm mm. without me touching her vagina. And this girl was a Christian girl. And she mm. was um, quite confused <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> But she said to me, she goes, you know, Paul, I'm embarrassed to talk about this. But she said, that was probably the most intense orgasm I've ever had in my life. And she goes, I can't believe how it happened. And she goes, I'm feeling insecure because if I ever told anybody about that, especially anybody in you know my circles being Christian, that would not go over well. But she goes, how do I deal with that? And I said to her, how did it work? And she said, "Incredibly well." I said, well, "What else needs to be said then?" <laughs> I said, if, "If I said you like love, don't you?" And She said, "Yes." And I said, "Well, so does God. That's why you're having a good time." <laughs> <laughs> but I was just curious because you know the 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 whole issue of the rectum or anal sex has got such a taboo, and that's largely religious stuff that gets in the way but what i found from counseling a lot of people is that's a superficial um smoke screen like people will say in casual conversation oh i would never do that but when it comes right down to it a lot of them love oh, it oh
0: yeah
2: and it's yeah. so it's really like this game people have to play to fit into society and uh i think it's as you said it's a personal thing and maybe somebody you know feels like they need to go to the toilet pretty soon or whatever they don't want you digging around in there but So you you need to kind of be sensitive to that. But as you said, it is a very, you know, private, it's even more private than your vagina or your penis, right? It's like, like I I do not enjoy having um, uh, a doctor even stick his finger up my ass Mm. for any reason. Mm. Um, But at the same time, I've had women do it and I didn't mind at all. Uh, Maybe I just need a woman doctor, I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, in my experience, many men won't, admit to liking it wouldn't ask for it wouldn't talk about it but if you do it they all love it
2: there's a maturation thing again too i think you know i found usually by about seven years of marriage you've worn all the other orifices out so you're like looking for new territory and so i found coaching countless people that that doesn't really come into their intimate relationships usually tell them relationships more mature and they've already you know been through every fluid and, and mm. got kids and they've you know Done it all. they know each other's smells and they you know in other words it's you're past the the initial stages and you're like oh, screw it let's have fun do something different so yeah uh, because you hardly ever i mean i've never seen a class on rectal massage
0: yeah there's prostate massage definitely
2: prostate yes but yeah, but that's more medical
0: Well, or pleasurable.
2: Yes, it is, but you got to go through the rectum to get there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, that kind of would be the first step to prostate massage, like you would massage around the rectum. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's the same thing with pussy and penis. We spend half of the time actually doing full-body massage and then honing in and and spending time around the area, not touching anything at all. And actually, that's my favorite part, is before you have even got to the good bit, uh, is is the warming up around it, because that area is so neglected. Most of the time, because, again, we don't know it's a thing to like, oh, you can play with the labia for half an hour. And there's so many different things you could do with it. And they Mm -hmm. all feel amazing. Mm -hmm.
2: Did you know that symbiotica means harmony? And you're really likely to enjoy my podcast with Sherveen Jaferia, the founder of Symbiotica. Symbiotica is an amazing company that makes excellent products to aid healing, enhance longevity, and improve performance at all levels of your being, from your spiritual practices to your athletic endeavors. I highly recommend you go to symbiotica.com and check out their top-notch organically sourced products that include excellent tasting supplements like their Synergy Vitamin B12, which elevates energy naturally, to their J Minerals, which help you better regulate your hormonal system. Their biocharge-activated coconut charcoal is an excellent detox support and removes toxins and poisons from the body quickly and non-invasively. Their organic longevity formula is one of my friends' and students' favorites. They rave about it. I really enjoy their Regenesis Liposomal Glutathione for its amazing antioxidant powers, which is really helpful for anyone that enjoys vaporizing tobacco and herbs like I do. They also have great immune support products, water filtration options for drinking and showering, and some cool clothing, and more. When you go to C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A and use your Living4D discount code, which is capital C, capital H, capital E, capital K, 15 on checkout, you get 15% off anything they sell, and you won't be disappointed. Enjoy Symbiotica. My first exposure to... Uh, What we would call anal massage was when I was going through my pelvic floor training, uh, intrapelvic work in neuromuscular therapy. And um, I'd never had anybody stick their finger up my ass before. And this is probably when I was, I don't know, this is like 1986. So I was in my, I I think, a long time ago. But if it wasn't for the fact there was 150 people on tables getting prostate checks and pelvic floor work, would have been very embarrassed because as soon as someone started touching my prostate, I started getting an erection. And within a few seconds, I had prostate fluid coming out of me. And I'm like, geez, this is a bit making me feel a little insecure here. I hope they don't ask me to roll over. I have a big tent on me here. Oh, God. But what helped me is I looked around the room and everybody yeah. was in the same situation. So I said, okay, we're all doing it together. So
0: yeah.
2: let's roll with it. But the point is, is that that was my first moment that i realized gay guys had something going on meaning like there's actually a lot of sexual pleasure down there Mm. and um then i thought geez that feels really good i wonder what it would be like if i was getting a blowjob while someone was doing that so i thought well i'm going to find me a woman and test that theory out and so i i sort of just started exploring because once i and this is another thing once i learned the anatomy of the pelvic floor and and how to work with a rectum because you you know you can't just dive in there you, know, you can hurt somebody so i learned from professional training how you loosen the area up and how you mm-hmm. penetrate gently and, and 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 what i found is like well actually what i started to do is i started to practice on myself because i i'm a professional therapist so i thought you know, I'm not just going to get any response if I go to the clinic and say, who would like to let me practice <laughs> rectal massage or pelvic floor therapy on them? <laughs> yeah. I'd get no response. Yeah. So to study the anatomy, what I would do is I would sit there in my bathroom and I would have my anatomy book for the pelvic floor. And it's okay, i got to go treat the pubococcygeus or the levator ani or the internal uh, sphincter or whatever. And I could see, you know, that it was very pleasurable you know and so then I I realized that there's nothing wrong with it and it's very pleasurable and like I said once I'd learned that and I had women that had lost sensitivity from having kids I would just say to them would you like to try something new that can be very exciting and very good sexually and I'd say nine times out of ten the answer was yes and some of them I just intuitively knew and it just happened and it worked really well but I can tell you right now I've had women have intense rectal and vaginal orgasms at the same time and just hug me and kiss me for days on end because they can't wait to do it again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I've learned and experienced all these things, um, penis massage, pussy massage, and anal massage at the end of expensive tantra um, week trainings and weekend workshops, and it's always the fireworks at the end. Um, And it is very normalized because everyone is in the same room doing the same thing and it's it's cool. It's not a big deal. Everyone's naked. And there was a part of me that just wanted to bring the information out so that people, again, could just get playful with it. It doesn't have to be this big deal thing at the end of a workshop you don't have to pull out your anatomy book necessarily and know Mm -hmm. every single term Mm -hmm. you can just follow the pleasure Mm -hmm. but i again i just don't think people are aware that that's a thing hey did you know it's possible to just play around with the outside of the vagina for Mm -hmm. an hour and try a bunch of different things and ask your partner which ones feel good like Mm -hmm. that's a thing Mm -hmm. it sounds obvious saying it out loud Mm -hmm. but i don't how many people have really done that
2: i don't know uh I have. <laughs> Sometimes two hours. Yeah. <laughs> One tip I will share for the listeners, though. Don't have long fingernails. Oh, yeah. Or dirty fingernails or sharp edges on your fingernails, especially rectally, because you can injure somebody.
0: And create infections.
2: Yes, and create infections. And you have to be careful going from rectum to vagina so you don't take fingers out of the rectum and stick them in the vagina. And if you do penis out of rectum into vagina, you can give someone a bacterial infection. So you need to make sure that before you do that the person's willing to take that risk. And people have to feel clean down there. I'm, I don't think anybody wants a dirty bum played with. So there are things to think about. I mean, if you're gonna, if you know you want to have good sex, you got to clean up and get ready for it. And, It has to be. I think it has to be celebratory. It has to be special. It can't just be a. I don't know what's the word. Uh, You know, you can jump in bed with someone after working out or hiking and typical sexual intercourse. It's not a big deal if a woman's all sweaty down there or a guy's all sweaty. But when you start playing with rectums, you got to be clean, and it needs to be more sacred. Is the word I would say. You don't. You don't want to turn it into a mechanical. Session it needs to be sacred
0: yeah and i think a really nice tangible way for people who might be thinking oh this sounds good i want to play but uh oh i don't really know what to do um one is watch the penis and pussy massage lecture but yes (laughs) the other one would be and
2: angie angie said it's very good so
0: (laughs) that's good thank you um no the other one is one of my favorite games um just called bossy massage, and for five minutes, I can ask you to do whatever I want as long as you're willing. Yeah. I can say, and you might just start with something simple like a hand or a shoulder. Like, okay, can you can you rub my shoulders with your thumbs? Okay, not like this, but like this. Okay, but now a little bit softer and on purpose, and almost comically, you try to be as bossy as you can, just to get this, just to lighten the mood, and me asking for what I want. Yeah, and the person's like playing your little servant role, like just for fun. Like, yes, of course, yep thank you for your feedback, of course, and like really, really wanting to mm-hmm. pleasure you. Um,
2: Five-star hotel service. Yeah,
0: and then you can translate that to your genitals. And so if you're unsure on what to do on someone else, you can play this game and they can tell you like, oh, can you rub me like this? Oh, that feels amazing. Okay, now could you do it like this? And then you can start to get a sense of what they prefer, how they prefer to be touched.
2: Mm-hmm. I think also too, people change. Uh, not every, like, let's say Phil finds the magic formula for you but if your mood changes or your body changes maybe you've um are recovering from back pain or you know any number of things i think that the openness and the exploration has to stay consistent because my experience is that people can change quite a bit from day to day
0: yeah, and I think that can be so frustrating for men because men want to get it right. They want to please you. They want to show up and give you what you want. And when you've trained them a certain way and then tomorrow it doesn't work, yeah. how frustrating is that? Yeah. So, yeah, as you said, again, having this openness to follow what's present and what's alive and be curious and interested in it and want to delve into it rather than be afraid of it like, oh, I don't know what's coming. I don't know what to do. I don't know how she what she's going to want today or what he feels like today. And be… Get really good at checking in, mm-hmm. um, and that's one of our things that we cover: is how to have a conversation about fears, boundaries, and desires. Mm-hmm. And it's you that's know, that's a
2: good one. Yeah, yeah,
0: it can be kind of a, it can feel a bit staged, like okay, what's your fears, boundaries, and desires? But if you can do it from the heart, it's such a good check-in. Like, hey, I'm really scared that you're going to stick your finger up my ass, and maybe some poo will come out, or I'm really worried that I'm not going to get a heart on, or I'm and it, it, having this conversation and about what your boundaries are really. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited for this, but I don't, I really don't want you to touch this area or. or
2: mm-hmm. right, one of the things I've done in my life is just said, is there anything you don't like? So I know now. Yeah. Not to do that. Yeah. And most common answer I get is no. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fire
3: away, big boy.
0: <laughs> and then the other one is desires. And I think a lot of fun first date conversations or surface level conversations are, oh, what's your sexual fantasy? Tell me. Mm-hmm. But no one's really like, can you t- just tell me how you prefer your left labia to be stroked?
2: There's <laughs> you know, like- a difference <laughs> from left to right? Yes,
0: there can be. You have, Absolutely. A,
2: you have a picky vagina, No, uh, it's <laughs> just not teasing. just me. Yeah, teasing <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: But, uh, you know, I just want to normalize these types of conversations for people. Yeah, I think it's important.
2: It's it's sad that, it's, it's sad that we have to have this conversation, mm. you
4: <laughs> know,
0: isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it... It felt funny coming on here, because this is really obvious to some people, but Mm. for the people who it's not obvious for, I really feel for them, and I really wanted to voice it for them so that they can have somewhere they can rely on to get this information.
2: I hate to say it, I mentioned it in our previous conversation before the podcast, but, you know, I can tell you that nine times out of ten, all this inhibition and fear comes right from religious programming, and especially Christian puritanical, you know, all that stuff just gets really in the way of good sex, unless you. Because as soon as you start going out of the constraints, then you know you're you're hanging out with the devil. So that triggers off all sorts of other shit for people. So um, I think people have to remember that the devil is God's chief angel. <laughs> <laughs> you're and with your me- evil,
0: laugh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I mean that in the sense that. Uh, These things are all relative, meaning what one person thinks is sexually the devil. The other one says is, I'd be disappointed if you don't do that. So it's all like a head game, you know, and look, there's 33,000 branches of Christianity. So they're confused as hell. So which devil is it? And which God is it? Hi, everybody. You know, people from around the world are constantly asking me where they can find organic foods and supplements that are actually organic, not just some fake impersonation, which is sadly so common in the marketplace today. My most common suggestion is go to Organifi.com, that's O R G A N I F I.com, where you can find a wide range of excellent nutritious products made from certified organic source materials. Organifi has superfood drinks that actually taste great, <laughs> unlike most immune support products excellent high-quality protein powders, digestive support, joint support, liver support, green juice, hormonal support, and menstrual ease nutrition formulated by a team of female herbologists for women and more. My family and I and a significant number of my clients and friends and students from around the world use and love Organifi products because they're nutritious, taste great, And unlike many products, you actually get what you pay for. Hallelujah! I love Organifi's high-values and high-quality products, and they're excellent for athletes, children, and the whole family. There's no better investment than investing in your own health and well-being. And when it comes to investing in my health and the health of my family, I go to Organifi. If that's not enough to make you want to explore all the amazing products waiting for you at Organifi, I'd love to sweeten the deal for you by offering you a special Living 4D with Paul Check discount of 20% on any of Organifi's excellent certified organic, super clean, nutritious products by using the code capital C, capital H, capital E, capital K, 20 on checkout. That's check 20, all caps, on checkout. I hope you enjoy Organifi as much as my family and I do. When I started um, having multiple partner relationships, which is after my first marriage, I I just felt that monogamy was just like a, a trap for me. I didn't. I felt it was unnatural for me not to be able to share sexual intimacy with someone that I felt an intimate connection to. And so I just promised myself I was never going to get married to somebody that was going to require me to be monogamous because. Then I had to deal with all the pain of not being myself.
0: Yeah. And this is something we wanted to touch on that we've, you know, we came up between us with this, is this thing that your feelings are sacred no matter what they are. S- whatever you're feeling or desire, or and, and feelings and desires are sacred. Yeah. And if you try to block someone else's desires, it's just going to end badly yeah. because you're blocking them from being themselves. And so to to learn to have these open conversations and the languaging around them so that you can respect where someone else is at
4: mm-hmm. and have it
0: go both ways. Like, hey, I really want to be able to sleep with other people. Oh, hey, that makes me feel really um, scared. Yeah. And to be able to navigate that and find a, a situation that will work for both people to feel safe. Yeah. I'm not sure that th- this is common knowledge for people and how to have these conversations.
2: Yeah, you know, for myself, first, when when I... When I when Penny and I knew we wanted to spend the rest of our life together, I said to her, I said, I, I don't think I can do monogamy. I don't want to get married to you and then, and then be, have to disappoint you or wish I wasn't married. Um, you know, So we had that conversation, and I said, how do you feel about that? And she said, well, I was in a relationship with another man when I was having sex with you, wasn't I? <laughs> she said, I'm European. I don't have all those hang-ups. Years later, you know, like Penny and I had been together for 25 years and Angie's been with me for nine years. So, uh, so it must have been 25, 14 years into my relationship with Penny, mm. I, I met Angie and then um, I was having sex with uh, more than one woman at the time. But as I grew in my relationship with Angie and became so incredibly fulfilled. Like I just was so full of, you know, I used to have sex with women. It was great, but I never felt, um, the tiger still wanted to hunt. I always felt like I needed to look at another rose, you know, it's this, 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 the hunter, it's the, it's the masculine testosterone. It's the drive of the male that spread the seed. But with Angie, I became more and more so completely fulfilled that I lost my need to go looking elsewhere. And so that's when I proposed to Angie and Penny that we just become a family. So I didn't have to drive an hour to see Angie uh, every Thursday night and then come home Sunday and have this two separate lives. It was just, you know, and I just felt like I had everything I wanted in my life. I didn't need more and so penny was like i told you earlier she she's like are you sure you want to do that you know she's like you like beautiful women and you have some beautiful women what what are you going to do without them and i said i just feel satiated and i don't i don't need more the point i'm leading to is that what we agreed upon is that because we did a marriage ceremony so we like really committed to each other I said, okay, so what are we going to do if one of us wants to have sex with somebody else? So the agreement was is that we bring it home and we talk about it. But the general consensus was is, okay, well, if I can join in too. So like if I want to bring a woman home and, and Angie wants to join in, then that's acceptable. But if I'm doing it on the side and keeping it secret, that's a great way to ruin a relationship. So I found that we sort of, came to our own understanding and agreement just so we all had a uh, it was all on the table we knew what the ground rules were for keeping each other safe feeling safe in the relationship but in in all honesty with Angie for eight nine years now and, and Penny Angie and I um I haven't had any desire to do that I just I got lucky really I found two women that get along fantastic they don't have a sexual relationship, but they have a deeply personal, intimate, loving relationship. They both mother the children. They run the whole property, the business. I mean, these two girls are like the Indian chiefs, and I'm, it seems like I'm the chief, but if you're listening out there, guys, <laughs> a chief's power is divided by the number of women in his tent. So uh, if you think you're going to be the boss, you've got your head way up your ass. <laughs> uh, women are very, very powerful. And, um, So I just sort of matured into this experience of being satiated. And that's not to say that one day uh, Angie might not see some gorgeous guy she wants to make love to, and she'll come to me and say, can I do this? And I'll probably say, yeah, fire away. Just make sure you don't have any sexually transmitted diseases or you're going to end up living with them for the rest of your life.
0: (laughs) Oh. Oh my gosh. Well, Phil and I had, you know, kind of the same sort of conversation where we both didn't really believe in monogamy Mm -hmm. um and we decided to have an an open-minded relationship Mm because we and i've found um i've wanted to be with other people with every other relationship i've been with but because phil's given me the permission i'm i'm not looking anywhere else
2: it's interesting how that works isn't it Mm. when it's a taboo yeah it drives the hunt but when you realize it's okay it's almost as though you've been accepted for who you are. Exactly. And it takes the pressure off.
0: Yeah, and again it's and it's really honoring the desires and knowing that I I just want you to know that I honor exactly who you are and if in 2 weeks or in 2 years or 20 years you wake up and like you said you want something else, yeah. I'm not going to just run away. If I feel triggered with that, I'm going to have to go what my agreement was was that if I feel jealous or upset about it, I'm going to go deal with what that is for me. Yeah. And then come back and we can we can figure it out.
2: It's interesting too, I don't remember exactly what research I was looking at, uh, but it looked at, one of it was the Kinsey Report many years ago, I was studying the Kinsey Report, I read the whole book, which had some shocking, you ever studied that? Mm -hmm. Oh, you know what it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a real eye-opener. And then Sex at Dawn, the, the great book Sex at Dawn, but I was reading research on the percentage of married people that actually are having extramarital affairs, and it was 52 percent of the men and 55 percent of the women wow and so most of these are religious people but the interesting thing is is people create this illusionary front that they would never do that but 52 to 55 percent <laughs> of them are already doing right. it and so when you consider half the people in married co- partnerships are cheating the idea of multiple partner relationships should not be a problem at all But what happens is you're playing the religious game or you're playing the I don't want anyone else to know about it game or, you know, all the insecurities come out. But at the end of the day, I say it's far better to be honest with your partner and bring it up on the table or you will destroy your relationship. And, you know, if you want to really get someone pissed off, promise them that you're in love with them and that you're committed to them and then go screw somebody else And uh, I got news for you, not even God will come to your rescue.
0: Yeah. And I started learning all of these things, basically, that it was okay to show up as yourself Mm -hmm. when I started doing Groove. And when I started, I began with going to authentic relating games nights. Mm -hmm. They just do small exercises to get you to know each other, but it's on a vulnerable level. And it can go anywhere from really funny, lighthearted games to super deep, um, giving each other feedback and um withholds like stuff that you don't want to say that you expose um and see the impact of it. Uh but through these modalities, I just you have to learn that it's okay to show up as yourself. Yeah. And it's permissible and that nothing bad actually it'll be better if you do. But it's such an easy thing to say and not an easy thing to do.
2: The other thing is, is a lot of people don't know themselves, which is a problem. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about sexual exploration is because You can't find your center until you know where your edges are. If I give you a piece of paper that has no ends, how do you find the center? If I draw a square and say, find the center, you can do it. So I think oftentimes we can use sexual exploration and relationship, like someone's edge might be anal sex. I I don't want to do that. It it doesn't excite me. So there's an edge. And I don't like it when you stick your tongue in my ear. That's the other edge. Right? So you're starting to kind of learn about yourself, but if you don't communicate that to someone and they try to do either of those things, you might get irritated. So there's your maturation factor. You got to grow up and say, "This is, this is me." Right. This yeah. is who I am. So I, I think that um, one of the problems is that people are just they have not lived enough to figure themselves out. They
3: don't really know who they are yet. Yeah. And and for me, it was the uh, the feelings wheel. The, the wheel that they have in various, you know, you can look it up online with a wheel of all different feelings. Yeah. And for me, it was the same feeling that I, whatever this feeling I had inside me, I didn't label it as anything. And now when I got a menu to look at, I was like, oh, I'm feeling this way. I'm mm. feeling this way. I'm feeling this way. So I got to be able to put a name to it and be able to embody it myself. Yeah. And for me, just being that was enough of it, then it led to my needs and that sort of stuff. So I think people just get again back to their stories, get hooked so much into their stories and they don't take the time to address what the feeling is that's inside of them or what the need is.
2: Yeah. And I think with sex, you never know until you try. A lot of the resistance is is projected. Yeah, or it's programmed. Imagined, yeah. projected, programmed. programmed. Yeah. Uh the pro- programming is usually again religious. Mm-hmm. Um but if you don't explore, you don't you don't know, right? You can watch all the reality TV shows you want, but until you are actually the one in the kayak or uh, the one in the bedroom, you're living vicariously. You're not really living. In other words, you never really know yourself by watching other things. You have to say, well, that's a great idea. So the reality TV show in this analogy might be, oh, I'm going to go see if my partner wants to do that, you know? Like I've never been, been on a kayak and and gone down a river, so let's go do it. But most people just sit there in front of the television, and actually, that's the edges of their life, which really is just a terrible catastrophe. Because that's the way, especially with what's been going on in the world, that's what most people have been stuck with. You know, just living in a television screen, and uh, that you can't really live that way. So my point is. If you're not willing to explore, you're never going to know yourself because until you find your edges, you'll never find your center. And if you don't find your center, you'll never find yourself (laughs) because yourself is centered in you.
0: And once you've found your edges, if you can share them, like the NBC um, sentence structure of when this happened, I felt blah has really helped us Um, because when you communicate in feelings, it's very hard to get defensive and cause a fight. If I said to you, I felt really... uh, sad when you left today yeah i can't argue with your feeling i right. can't be like well your feeling was wrong i just would feel bad that i left and want to know more yeah you know um so this this is a really good kind of a weekly check-in that you can do as a couple is mm-hmm. sit down and do an exercise like um it's called withholds and mm-hmm. you can say when this happened through in this week when you went to the supermarket on tuesday after we had this conversation, I felt really lonely or whatever. And they can just and then in this particular exercise, the other person just responds with thank you. And that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. And it's just a practice in expressing your true feelings of what what was alive for you in the week. And then it just really helps you get to know one another and know the impact that your actions had on the other person that you might not have even known had happened.
2: Yeah. I think those are very important explorations.
0: Yeah. And what you said before about um Needs, wants, and feelings. Wants, feelings, and needs, yeah. Yeah, I really um, like the sentence structure of when you need to communicate something, you say, I'm feeling this way, Mm -hmm. I'm really wanting this, and then you invite them or wanting or needing this, Mm -hmm. and then you create an invitation. So I'm really feeling really sad today. I'm yeah. really wanting to feel connected with you. I want to invite you. Do you have a, t- a period of time later that we can talk and connect? Yeah, um, or it could be something even more simple than that, but that's a really great sentence structure that's helped me. yes
2: the the one of the key reasons for inquiring about someone's wants, feelings, and needs as your first line of of, of rectification, connection, you know figuring out what's going on is to avoid using judgment words. Yeah. Because if you use woulda, shoulda, coulda, didn't, you've already created a separation. Um, You know, Marshall Rosenberg, founder of nonviolent communication, says all judgments are are tragic expressions of unmet needs. So if you say, well, I'm upset because you're lousy in bed or I'm upset because you don't have sex with me enough or whatever, now you're just making a wound Mm-hmm. and when you start wounding people and expecting them to have more sex with you then you're a bit of an idiot forgive me <laughs> uh, because yeah. you're not going to get it yeah uh, and it if you do it'll lead to a pathology
0: yeah
2: if you're getting sex out of threatening or judging or hurting people that's not healthy sex that's somebody that's got such low self-esteem they don't know what to do with, with themselves other than be your slave and that that never leads to healthy things so the secret is really in all relationships is avoid judgment words. Anything that points a finger at somebody or uh, puts the onus of the challenge in the relationship on them without your involvement. Right. It's like
0: anything that involves the word you, when mm -hmm. you did this, like um, this was your fault or you blah, blah, blah. If you can keep the statements to I statements, again, another tangible thing that really was a, bit of a mind freeze for me. I was like, "Oh, how can I word this and take full responsibility? This feels really gritty and uncomfortable.
4: Mm-hmm. Let me
0: figure this out so I can take full responsibility for what I'm feeling."
2: I think one of the key things is you have to have a genuine interest in the relationship. If your interest is only in yourself, then you're not ready for a relationship. There is no I and we. So you if you're not ready for a relationship, then you need to be conscious not to engage a person in a sexual uh commitment that is relationship oriented in other words if you're just sport sexing and you don't like the sex then go get another hooker kind of thing you know go somewhere else to someone else that you know you, you want to do that with yeah. but if you're in a relationship there's tomorrow meaning whatever you do today if you judge and poke and prod and, and shame and guilt then you're carrying that t- till tomorrow and that's how you destroy sexual intimacy and destroy a relationship.
0: Yeah, but so many people have fallen into these ways of communicating without even realizing, you know, it's just normal for them to throw blows at the other person or blame them for something or make smart ass comments about them and things they are and they aren't doing yeah. that are annoying and they, they've lost the compassion completely and that's, actually that's what I found every time that Phil got triggered, we went to the therapist, we got to the bottom of the trigger I, and it was usually something I was also upset about. Once we got to the bottom of it, I never felt anything but compassion. Um, which leads us into this practice of empathy. Yeah. That we we started doing, which probably got us from it got us to our wedding. <laughs> <We're married laughs> that that without it. Then. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of my um, my things that definitely had to happen for us to continue a life together was this practice of empathy.
2: Hi everybody. I'm sure you've all heard of the benefits of bone broth but I bet you don't know about bone broth protein powder. I found an awesome bone broth protein powder with Paleo Valley. And I asked Autumn Smith if she'd explain why hers is so good from Paleo Valley.
4: Well, like you said, collagen is basically the fountain of youth, and most of us are not getting enough of it in our diet because maybe we don't have time to simmer bones on a regular basis. And so we created our powder to make getting the benefits of collagen for your joint health, for your gut health, for your mental health, really, really simple. And we sourced it from 100% grass-fed and grass-finished bones. So it is a beef bone broth protein powder that you can literally put in everything. It's tasteless. I add it to my son's smoothies. I put it into his desserts. You can even put it in soup and get all the benefits of collagen without all of the time and energy and investment. So all you have to do to check it out is go to our website at paleovalley.com. That's P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com. And you can use the code CHECK15. That's lowercase C-H-E-K-15 at checkout. And I hope your family loves it.
2: I know you'll love it. Keep your body healthy. Keep your kids healthy and let's make the world a better place with paleo valley enjoy we were i wrote a question down which we've kind of touched on it was uh, feelings and triggers are often two sides of the same coin uh, how do you address the feeling side of the coin so we've talked a bit about that is there more you want to add to that
0: Back to the feeling your feelings without a story. That's mm-hmm. the other really gritty, uncomfortable part of this. It is
2: because you have to own it.
0: It's just – and it's very it's very difficult to do. I'm really good at it when someone's coaching me through it, but to do it by myself mm. – I actually did it yesterday and I was over my, my sadness in literally 20 seconds. Mm. Um, I was – because the stories perpetuate this feeling and if you want to throw a tantrum, you can tell yourself all the stories you want and you can go there – but it's all based on this stuff in your head. So it's difficult to tell people to go and practice this because I know how difficult it is to do. But if you're capable, get on some grass, get on the ground and just feel anything, feel the sensation in your body, feel if it's physical, anything that you can track that's alive in your body, you feel it. And if stories come in your head, you say, please come back later. I'll deal with you later. I'll listen to you later. But for now you send them away just so you're left with just purely the feeling and you sit with it for as long as you possibly can and what you'll find is that it will shift and it will shift very quickly if you're able to do that and then once you've shifted that initial like whoa that you're going through then it's possible to actually have a conversation with your partner about what just happened and on the other side of that I had to learn how to not get dragged down if Phil is triggered In the early days, if he was triggered, I could not function. I was like, Phil's triggered. I can't do anything Mm -hmm. until he feels better. I feel horrible. This is awful. I'm just going to wait. I'm going to sit here and wait, and I can't do anything productive until he feels better. Mm -hmm. And I learned over time to separate myself from that, know that it's his his work to do, and I could actually – It still feels a bit guilty to say, but it was possible for me to have a good time Mm -hmm. while he was triggered. I'm allowed to go and watch my show or dance around or ground myself or do something pleasurable for me while he's working through his shit. And when he's ready, he'll come back to me and we'll talk about it. And it wasn't a sin for me to do things that felt good while my partner was dealing with something that was awful for them.
2: One of the things that I've found helpful with triggers, uh, which I think I learned from nonviolent communication, but if somebody let's say Angie wants to have sex or Penny or whatever, or even if they want me to take the garbage out but, <laughs> uh, or anything. If I feel triggered, I found this very helpful. I say, is there a way you can say that from your heart so it's easier for me to stay connected to you right now?
0: Oh, that's nice. Can you say that again?
2: Is, is there a, a way you can say that from your heart so it's easier for me to stay connected to you right now?
0: Yeah, that's beautiful.
2: Because most trigger comments are coming from their head, not the heart. Hearts don't trigger people, not with any intention anyhow. There's no malice from the heart. So I found that if I myself am about to say something that I know might trigger somebody, or Penny or Angie in particular, or even one of my kids, if I can say, how do I say this from my heart so that it doesn't create disconnection? because once you get disconnection, you basically lose flow, and it disrupts the rhythm. So you find yourself dealing with chaos, internal turmoil, both in you and in them, and it's not productive on really any level, except degrading the relationship. So I found that very helpful. And and earlier, you know, before we did the start of the recording, I, I asked you, how do you differentiate feelings from emotions and um did you have comments on that
0: i wanted to hear your breakdown of that because i was super curious
2: well in union psychology feel you know there's four four uh facets to consciousness or four modes of consciousness in union psychology thinking feeling sensation and intuition
4: mm-hmm.
2: feelings in union psychology which is very thorough are based on values so for example if you're standing in line at the grocery store and you've been standing in line for 10 minutes someone just jumps right in front of you and it's your turn to go to the cash register you're going to get pissed off you're going to be triggered but the reason you're triggered is because in our culture it is our value to stand in line and wait your turn but if it's an asian person doing that in china whoever gets on the train first is the winner so you just go like hell and jam in <laughs> and nobody gets upset because that's what everybody does because it's a different value system. Right. If someone cuts you off the, on the street, you might get pissed off because we don't think that um, fits our, our ethics of driving, right? Emotions are really the flow of energy. I don't really believe there's such thing as a positive or a negative emotion or I mean a good or a bad emotion. I believe it's the information. Like, being angry, some people would say that's bad. But I say, no, being angry is important sometimes. If someone's uh, abusing you or threatening you with harm, you you know, anger could motivate you to protect yourself. So, um, emotion really is the flow of energy and information that's informing you often about the value that's been trespassed. So, for example, if someone doesn't want anal sex because it goes against their values, then the emotion that's going to come up if you start touching their rectum has to do with the trespass of their values, which is why it's so important to communicate. Like we talked about asking people, you know, what, what, is, what is it that you do or don't like? So the differentiation between feelings is feelings are connected to values and emotions are expressions of energy that you have to make a value judgment on. That makes sense? Like, uh, um, feeling sad may be or may not be because of a value trespass. Feeling sad could be because you're just not taking care of yourself and you're getting depressed due to your biochemical system not working well. So then you just have the feeling of sadness, but nobody's jeopardized any of your values but you could feel sad because you're disappointing yourself that you're not taking care of yourself now you see there's a value involved right so the distinction there is is emotions are um, expressions that may or may not be related to values but they're not values values are agreements that we have with ourselves and with each other uh, so that we know what's important to us
0: And that's the other side of the feelings wheel that Phil Phil mentioned earlier. There's also a needs wheel. So once you've identified what you're feeling, if you're unable to put it into words, you can look at the needs and and just be like, what am I needing? Am I needing, you know, like recognition? Am I needing understanding? Am I needing compassion? Am I needing? So uh, the other part of working your way through your own trigger is grounding, feeling the feelings without a story, and then figuring out what your need is and then communicating it to your partner.
2: Yeah. So we've covered it quite a bit already. I'll just reiterate, as we all know here, that dropping the story is not an easy thing to do. So my tip there was, is it really true? Mm. And if you cannot verify it as true yourself, then then it's a good idea to investigate where it's coming up. And it's like we talked about, it's usually on some kind of programming that's in the unconscious that it's just playing itself out like a, a ghost in the machine, you know, just shadow complexes or things like that did you want to give us a little overview of the penis and vagina because those are separate courses they're not the same course
0: that's correct there are two different courses and they basically take you through the entire setup of both the conversations that need to be had beforehand um how you set up the space um how you check in with your partner beforehand how you ground before you give this it's a it's Packaged as a gift. This is a gift that you're giving to your partner. Like imagine if I said to you, hey, tonight I'm just going to give you a penis massage and your job is just to lie there and completely relax and just breathe. Does that sound sound like something you want to do tonight? (laughs) Just lie there and be totally relaxed while I touch you. So then after we've gone through how to set it up, how to have all the conversations about it, then we take you through all the the steps on a live model so you can see exactly what to do. And these steps are just um, a base platform Like it'd be like saying, here's a few dance moves you can use to inspire you, but in the end, it's gonna be an intuitive when you've practiced it enough, it's gonna turn into something different that's intuitive and attuned to the person that you're with. Mm -hmm. Um, but here's a somewhere that you can start to figure out exactly how this works. Things that you never would have thought of doing with your hands before. When the first time I saw it, I was like, Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, that was a thing. How interesting. And they're so beautiful and pleasurable. So yeah, and the the pussy massage again, is a lot about communication. Um, mm-hmm. Because women need to feel safe to give feedback. And,
3: and for men to take the feedback, which is the other point of it. Females need to feel safe to
2: give feedback. And you're right. Men yep. need to be able to take the feedback without it feeling like
0: a criticism. Yeah. yeah, And also open the conversation for women. So women don't have to be feel like they're always... You know, like, oh, could you do – actually, can you – And like bossing the men around and yeah. telling them what to do. If the man opens up the conversation for them, that is such a gift for us. To be like, hey, I really love your feedback on this. How does this yeah. feel? Do you prefer this? Okay, just wanted to check in. Great. And then it's really nice. For me, when I give feedback, if the man says thank you after it, like, mm. like it's, it tells me that they really want it, they really honour it, they really hear mm-hmm. it, and they're not – it it makes me feel safe to give them further feedback. Like I've tried to make it as absolutely tangible as I can. I'm a big fan of getting to the point quickly. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, yeah, once we've broken down all the introduction stuff, it's really just a video and an explanation of all the different ways you can do all the different moves and then how to end. And -hmm. then it's also um, presented in a way where you can use it. Honestly, you can just use it to get someone off if you want, but it goes all the way to having this really sacred experience that's long and really beautiful and a gift for them that is just um, a one-way transaction where I'm just going to give you this gift. Your job is to receive. Mm-hmm. I just really want to give it to you from the heart. Yeah. And we're not going to have sex after it. It's totally isolated because I just want you to be able to lie there and enjoy and receive this love touch from me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can use the information in these videos in any capacity that you want and there's no judgment on it again i didn't want people to have to go and do these expensive courses to figure out that hey you can play with your partner's genitals in these different ways but there is a scope for people who want to take it further to learn how to separate um orgasm from ejaculation or have multiple orgasms uh, if you want to go there otherwise it can just be as tangible as learning different ways to touch your partner that you didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's at Let's Get Real dot Love. That's the website. Oh, let's good. Get yeah, real. I was going to ask
2: you. Let's Get Real Love. Yeah. Because
0: let's just get real.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's been a great conversation. Um, unfortunately, these kinds of conversations don't happen very often. I mean, most conversations like this on radio shows and podcasts are usually about how kinky can you be or stupid can you get or, you know, but uh, we're dealing with the real issues of intimacy and relationship. And I think uh, hopefully those of you listening uh, got some good tips because I don't personally know of anyone that, that has escaped the reality of this in their life. I never know anyone that hasn't gone through these challenges in a relationship. Um, Meaning, Finding your edges, figuring out what turns your partner on and what doesn't, Um, learning how to deal with your triggers, learning how to shut off your story, ask yourself, is it really true? What are your wants, feelings, and needs? Uh, You know, how can I, how can I pleasure you more? Maybe yesterday it was great, but was there something you'd like to try different today? Or, you know, I think it's a, uh, it's a adult proposition, right, to, to really Care enough about your partner and about yourself. I mean, you see, if I I have to care enough about myself to want to have a healthy relationship, because if I don't care about myself, then I'm not likely to care about you. And if I don't care about myself, but I do care about you, then I'm externalizing my responsibility to meeting my own needs, and then I end up going from uh, feeling okay in the relationship to feeling like i'm not getting my needs met so i think it always has to be there has to be a reciprocity in all of this stuff and uh, a real willingness to to grow together or it just becomes just um really a sort of a soft porn really yeah. you know as i said angie told me the course was very good and i know the results of her taking the course were very good <laughs> um and will certainly continue to be um any last comments from either of you before
3: we say goodbye and wish everybody a great pussy massage and <laughs>
2: penis massage course?
3: Yeah, I think just just for me, the biggest takeaway, I mean, you know, yes, having a great penis massage is always good, but the communication factors for me was the biggest things yeah. that I got out of it and, and, and tangible ways to actually have conversation with your partner, which I, I know might sound, you know, silly that you need to work on that, but. Not at all. Um,
2: not for anyone that has been in a relationship. Before. Yeah. I yeah. tell people all the time you don't need a church, a temple, or a synagogue. A relationship will give you everything you need to grow spiritually and find yeah. God. Yeah. In fact, we'd do a lot better without the buildings and putting more effort into reading our lovers and not reading books that confuse the hell out of people. So, what a great conversation.
0: Yeah. Thank you for hosting us. Thank you.
2: I'm glad to know I have friends that are so (laughs) well-pleasured. And the other thing, too, that I would state in closing is that everything we've talked about applies not just to the bedroom or to sex, but to life. Triggers apply to life. Communication applies to life. Being interested in your partner needs applies to life. Finding your edges applies to life.
0: And what a pleasurable way to learn it.
2: I I can't think of a better way. (laughs) Sign me up.
3: Oh, cool. For... All
2: right, you guys, lots of love. Hope you enjoyed the podcast with Phil Delaire and Miranda Love. And um, go explore, take the course. The, a lot of you know who Angie is, my wife, and she's highly intelligent, very amazing woman, and she would not tell me it was really good and want to try it on me if it wasn't really good. And I would already tell you it's really good because Phil is a level four Czech practitioner who spent 20 years with me and he would not bring me something (laughs) that was not really good and he wouldn't marry a woman that wasn't excellent. (laughs) So thanks for listening. Thank you for sharing. And thank you to all my sponsors for supporting the podcast and for making such beautiful products and being so concerned about nature that you make your companies sustainable and thanks for all of you for every purchase you make from the sponsors because it supports the podcast with a little commission to help me find great guests like Phil and Miranda. So I will see you next time. Remember my rule, if you love the podcast, tell everybody. If you don't, it's
1: our secret. Love you. Thank you for listening to Living 4D with Paul Check and today's guests, Miranda Love and Phil Dallaire. You can find them on TikTok at let's and on Instagram at let's underscore get underscore real underscore love. Visit their website letsgetreal.love, for 15% off their penis and pussy massage courses using the code check15. That's C-H-E-K or lowercase, the numbers one five check fifteen. Follow Paul Check on Instagram at Paul.check, on Twitter at Paul or on his YouTube podcast channel YouTube.com forward slash living four D with Paul Check. Watch more on Paul's blog at paulchecksblog.com and get your free subscription to check videos and more at the Czech Institute's new media site, chekiva.com. Remember, you can read the show notes and find links to the resources mentioned in this episode at czechinstitute.com forward slash podcast.